Welcome to the Inferno Cast, everyone. Uh, today, I got one of my friends, Vitor Shaolin Ribeiro. He is a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt, MMA fighter, and all around one of the coolest guys I know. How's everything going up north? You know, so far, so good. You know, I can't complain. You know, I have my family for me, my three kids, my two dogs, my cats. You know <laughs> what I mean? And then just try putting a lot of things together in the last few weeks about the whole shutdown gym and students. Yeah. But... You know, other than that, you know, all, all good. Thank you, God. Yeah, man, absolutely. You know, that's great. Um, quick story of how we met was, so Danny Dream's my coach, and he had brought you in for a seminar. I mean, I mean, that was a long time ago, man. It was yeah, uh, probably one of the first seminars I think I did in the United States when yeah. I first arrived here. And then it was a very cool time we spent together with Danny and, you know, very interesting guy, you know what I mean? Learning a yeah, lot there was, from him. You guys were pushing hard, man, because it wasn't like, it was like some midnight paintball, right? At like one in the yeah, morning? Yeah, midnight paintball, man, historic, you know what I mean? It was really cool. And then yeah. met a lot of his friends, met, you know, a lot of people back then was, you know what I mean, just, you know, like uh, the beginning of the jiu-jitsu career. And then after that, become black belts, you know, start own gyms and then, it's nice to see all that growth, you know what I mean, with un under him and then yeah. the, in, the, in the Arkansas as well. Yeah, I've actually, so I have a video somewhere on a hard drive from that seminar because I was a blue belt, everybody else was white belts, and you were trying to teach a single leg takedown, and it was like teaching rocket science. We just could not figure it out, man. And you were just like, no, man, single leg, one leg, just grab it, you know, and we were all so clueless. Yeah, so I, I, fun, think, I think back, back then was the beginning of everything. And then sometimes, you know, imagine me, I came from Brazil and then I, I was in an environment where I was a professional fighter teaching professional people. And then that's probably one of my, you know, few experience with like a teaching seminars for like a white, blue and purple belt. So and then yeah. your mindset sometimes can be a little bit ahead of some things. And sometimes it's like a tuxie, you know, you know, takes a while to start understand, hey, you know, I'm thinking that way because I'm already 24, 20 years, but those guys yeah. just started. I think I have yeah. to break it down. I believe, like, uh, you know, teaching jiu-jitsu in, in the last 13 years in, in New York definitely helped me to relearn, you know, how to teach and how to train and how to, to pass something for a guy who has no clue about what to take down or sweep or even teaching the guy how to think, you know what I mean? So I think it really, really, the last 13 years was very important for me. Yeah, no, I mean, and I can remember one of your guard break passes from that seminar that I still use to this day that was, uh, I mean, it, it was good details at the time I didn't know, and I was doing it wrong, and it got me in a lot of triangles, but now, like, I mean, it's one of my go-tos, and it was from when I was, you know, with you so many years ago, and it just, it's lived on, and, but I know what you mean, sometimes you get around, and, you know, high-level guys so much, and you're just used to a higher comprehension and when you go back to those base level students that have no familiarity, they have no understanding of what jujitsu is. I mean, you're just, you're talking a foreign language to them and it's real yeah. difficult for them to understand. And then, but, you know, I think definitely, I think I, 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 I change and then I start, you know, start teaching beginners, not having anybody to help you. You start breaking down big positions, you know what I mean? Breaking drills. I'm very, I'm very like a very, legit with the things I like to teach because I don't like to teach things I don't really believe at least for you know for beginners it's different when you're more advanced and then yeah. it's different I don't do for myself but I can see 
for you may be an important thing to know, but I'm a huge fan of, of fundamentals for beginners and then, you know, how important it is for them learning, insist. So basically all my seminars in the beginning coming, going to schools where I've never been before was just about fundamentals, about, you know, yeah. things you're going to see yourself doing now, but not just doing now, right? You're going to do for your whole life. You, yeah. you see a fight from a, a match from Bushesha and on the final, he's still going to be open guard, stand up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Switching hands and push the knee. Some things is just too good to change. And some things are going to evolve. It's evolved so much the last few years. You know, yeah. like maybe in the last 10 years, it's incredible, like uh, how change. You know what I mean? But some fundamental things, they're still there. And yeah. then begin is like a white, blue belt. So one time they get well, you know, they feel so, so protect, you know what I mean, to move forward for a different direction. Oh, absolutely. You know, and that's one thing I, I see sometimes younger instructors run into where I'll see, uh, you know, like a young black belt or a, or a brown belt where they'll be teaching white belts something that they like. You know, they're like, oh, here, you need to do this. But when the white belt's out there, like, that's not what the white belt's seeing. That's not what they're feeling because they're battling other white belts, you know, and, and other white belts are not doing, you know, that type of movement. Well, a different but response you have to think like you know sometimes you have to think like a like a like a, when you was a beginner like what you really yeah. really pursue like a, what's very very hard because sometimes it's just just tie a belt correct you know right can yeah. be i you know can be accomplished you know for for beginners you know what i mean just bow just like yeah. a, just sitting correct to nobody fall over your arm but there's yeah. the thing sometimes everybody's looking for big accomplishments. all right i want to get a, that submission I want to do that sweep, that black belt doing. But sometimes your body is not mature, you know, yeah. to, to really understand these few things. And so you're never going to be doing that sweep if you're not doing this or that sweep first. And then sometimes yeah. it's so hard to make beginners understand that because, you know, what he see online, what he see on Instagram, you know, you be, you know it's different. So yeah. it's, it's sometimes the power of, your instru of the instructor to tell him what to do is not so strong as the information is taking from outside. And that's the battle beginners have to face every day, you yeah. know, to make sure when they get there, they get with clean minds to become a sponge and then absorb the information the best way as possible. Absolutely, because sometimes their perspective on what they need to be achieving can get skewed. You know, it can get off because they don't know any better. They're like, I need to be doing the Buchecha Pass. And it's like, no, no, you need to not get knocked over in the guard. Like you need to work on your base and your posture. Like that's your priority right now. Um, and I can remember that, especially, you know, training, because my major influences that outran me whenever I started training with Dring, you know, I, like him and his high ranks and especially, you know, you and Hobson, I can really remember just being so overwhelmed uh, training with you guys. Like I had no comprehension of what was going on. I mean, I was just like, I don't even know what's happening to me. I would just, I just felt just like, I, you know, because you guys were rolling to teach me, but my brain couldn't process everything happening. So it was just hard for me to keep up. And I feel like that beginners still have that where they're now, they're now looking at their journey through the lens of Instagram and, and, and Facebook and, and world champions of like, well, I'm not doing that. So I must be making mistakes. When yes. it's like, no, that's not true. You know, you're doing it correctly. It's so, it's so tough because, 
you know, one of my, my biggest battle, you know, in school is like, uh, you know, making people understand this is so hard to, for people. First of all, sometimes going to the school three times a week. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes it's not easy for someone to start jiu-jitsu after 35, after 30 years old, where you already have, you know, you know, work and maybe family. So you can get yourself to the school three times a week. And then by the time you get over there, ready to learn from your instructor, you already have so many other things to think about it. And at some point, you're not able to absorb. So, and you're not able to train your body how to understand. You're not coming to the school to allow your coach to teach you how to think. Because yeah. for me, I always say to my guys, you guys decide to learn jiu-jitsu know during the hardest time to learn jiu-jitsu why <laughs> because you know a lot of information a lot of information sometimes is no information because when you keep seeing a video one after another one in some point by the, the the number 10 you saw you already forgot the number one instead yeah. you need to stick with the number one memorize everything and then okay i'm gonna choose this one to work but the one you choose to work is the one your coach told you, all right, to work. So he just showed in class. He had that like a library available in his, in his program. And he yeah. told you, you know, just to, you know, just to not forget, take a look at the video I showed today. And then instead of you stick with that video, you go to a bunch of different bump sweeps with a bunch of different guys doing, and it's different than your coach. You know yeah. what I mean? It's not, not saying what the guy's doing is wrong. It's just like no. a, if you decide to use that school, stick with him. Stick with yeah. how he showed the arm bar, how he showed the sweep, because that's going to save you time on the journey because you're going to go like that instead you go yeah. straight forward. It's, it's a system. It's a structure. And, it, and it's, you know, I was talking to a, a friend of mine the other day about this where when you teach the choke to the white belt and he wants to change the grip because he saw another choke, it's not that that choke is wrong. It's this grip from this choke is going to chain into the arm bar. That's going to chain into the switch to the triangle that chains into the sweep. Like when I show you the fundamental or this specific piece, it's part of this larger system and structure. Like you said, you know, like it's going to shorten the learning time long-term because though they don't feel like it, all of these little details are for a purpose, you know, where it's like, you, you grab the lapel like this because there's 20 other things that you're going to do from that grip. But if you grab the lapel differently, well, now you don't have those other options. Now you have to change the new options. And it, yeah, and that's definitely. And then, sometimes, sometimes he thinks because you don't show to him now the knee bar or the heel hook. You know, he thinks like are you hiding from him, you know, knowledge. No, you just want to give him, you know what I mean, a, a, a way to be able to capitalize the best ways possible information you hold, because yeah. this is gonna be part of a foundation to making sure when you show in the knee bar, the heel hook, the fly arm bar, he'll be capable to understand when it doesn't work, when work, the transitions, because that's what people don't get it. They, they get it We okay, he's a black belt, I'm only gonna be able to see the new stuff if he, I buy a DVD set or if I do a private training with this guy or go for that seminar. No, of course, that's it always can help your learning yeah. process too. But in some period of time, that can really hurt much more than help. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like the buffet. There's, there's too many things at once, you know. Now, once you've been playing for a while, you know, and you start getting up into the ranks, you've been training for a while, 
you know, that equation changes. But, you know, when you're talking about beginners and white belts and getting fundamentals, you know, yeah, sometimes, you know, I do feel that they can get overwhelmed with too much information. And, and I think that that's where a lot of coaches nowadays have gotten better at helping them understand that because they know that they're seeing stuff all the time. There's videos everywhere. You know, the Internet is this huge encyclopedia. And I think a lot of coaches have gotten better at kind of helping explain and filter through because you know they're going to be, you know, seeing that all the time, which is good. And it expands their knowledge and understanding, but they still need help of like what's important right now. You know, what do you need to focus on in your game? And I think it's very important too. you know, in my view, I believe like uh, the student have to understand like uh, you can really base your game on, on what everybody's doing outside. You know what I mean? You have to have the time where you putting you through the match to develop your own grips, your own thoughts about something. That's what's going to make a yeah. better way to understand the top, the bottom. You know what I mean? You can't just blocking something because this guy told you to block that way. You, you, have to, you have to understand that inside because maybe what he's doing is right for him, but doesn't mean what he's doing is going to be right for me because I'm a much taller guy. I'm a much smaller guy. I have a belly. You know, yeah. my arm is not extended so well. So I think a lot of times they say, look, back then, what happened? Because we didn't have so much information. We roll and we spend time at the gym talking about what just happened. So this is giving us a chance to start find out if that's going to happen, not going to happen. If you do this, I do that. If you do that, I do this. So this is what everything got created. So right now, people don't spend more time doing that because it's faster. Go online and see how somebody blocked this. And then, okay, let me copy this. But where, all right, so you don't want to be another, you know, you don't want to be, you don't want to have a game where, oh, this is the same position this guy does or that guy does. You want to have a game where, whoa, I never see somebody playing like that. This is kind of like a really cool, how you do that interest again? You know what I mean? Yeah. How, or how you break down that? So, and then you kind of like develop that creativity. And remember, guys, we only here because the whole possibility of jujitsu can give to you. The creativity, sometimes people got like an amazing scene on a tournament, an MMA event, an Oki event. In some point, if that become more robotic, where everybody looks at everybody. So you don't have more, man, this look like a Hobson's game. You know, this is Hobson, this is this guy, that guy, Shaolin, Lao Z, you know what I mean? Like, a, in some point, you have to, instead of be a second man, you wanna, you wanna have the desire to be you more than any other person. Absolutely, and I think that's that artistic influence of the martial arts, man. And I, it just, it is tough to, it's just, it's tough for people to understand that when they, they're not there yet you know like you don't know what you don't know but yeah that definitely uh you know that's that's part of the journey and i think that sometimes people slip over um real quick so five-time world champ right you've won five yeah, three, three times as adult and two yeah. times master yeah okay so all the world championships a lot of people i think don't understand how extensive your mma career was because you had like 20 something fights right 25, yeah, I lost, yeah, lost 20 five, I won 520 and lost five matches. Yeah, I mean, it's just all this experience. So from world champion BJJ in the MMA realm, I always love to talk about BJJ and MMA and how it was different and how it affected you because, you know, I've always been a little bit more of an MMA guy. Like, I just, I love 
options and just everything and just I don't know I'm a little more attracted to that so what was one of your big things that you loved about BJJ and what was something that was different that you loved about MMA you know I believe in the jiu-jitsu you know that's giving me the real interesting about martial arts about about you know you know like uh, almost protect the jiu-jitsu legacy you know what I mean like uh, everything you see the graces putting together and then when I was there represent jiu-jitsu under my coach gave me that sense of like uh, responsibility say man I have to do my best here because it's not just me it's everything coming behind me yeah. against that Muay Thai that wrestler the kung fu guy so I think uh, jiu-jitsu gave me that idea you know what I mean and I think he uh, when I learn about that, stick with me for the rest of my life, you know what I mean? And still today, like uh, how much I love jiu-jitsu, how much jiu-jitsu you know, gave to me the opportunity to know different people, different countries, to raise my family. You know, I can't, I can't really, you know what I mean, describe how much the, the whole Grace family and my instructor and, and a couple other friends I have in my life really did it for me. About MMA, I'm not gonna lie to you. MMA came into my life in a very simple way. I always was a guy training very hard for everything I did, for every event. It's not, if you, every fight I lost, I lost because the guy was better than me. And he's able to, you know, to, you know, to be better, you know, better. His tank is better than my tank. His technique back, you know, back then was better than my technique. But during the time I decided to do MMA, it was because I need some new stimulus. I need some new challenger you know back then we didn't okay so now three time we're champion you know one you know very tough guy so now let's open my gym okay let's move to united states okay let no i didn't have you know back in 2001 that idea about moving to united states so i opened my own gym i was 22 years old i was in my prime and then with a good jiu-jitsu in my hands with a lot a lot a lot a lot of hungry to learning new things. And that's the time MMA came to my life. And then I just felt very natural, that transition, because my coach was doing, you know, we started fighting an event called WFA, you know, John Lewis used to be the owner. And then just, I didn't know if I was good or not. I just say, you know what? I'm gonna train, I'm gonna do my best. If the results come, all right, I'm gonna take it. And then, and then it came like a nine or 10 times straight, you know, different like shoot or hook and shoot, all those, you know, OG events, you yeah. know, we remember back then, you know, I was able to, to be part of it. And then it's just like, a, you know, at some point, I, I didn't think so much if it was jiu-jitsu or wrestling, you know what I mean? Was, 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 was fighting, you know what I mean? And something I was feeling very comfortable, test myself, you know, check, you know what I mean? If I made by item or by butter, you know what I mean? Like a challenger there against this guy, against that guy. And then, and then I think MMA, I think, was that challenger. I think was be able to challenge myself, not just against Brazilians. In Jiu-Jitsu, pretty much back then, it's just Brazilians. But be able to, check my, to, to, to challenge myself against different people, different countries. I think this was the biggest thing for me in MMA. Yeah, and I hear a lot of people talk about, you know, Mackenzie Dern, we were talking probably last year, and she said the same thing. Like, she, she loved the newness of MMA. She's like, I learned something new and I can actually get better at something new on a short term. Where with jujitsu, sometimes it takes so long to get better at one thing. Oh, yeah. You've been training for a long time. And because, man, I always followed you way more as an MMA fighter because, you know, I was into MMA when I was younger in early 2000s and you were a lightweight, you know, so you were closer to my size. So I was just 
you know, a junkie of like, man, this, this guy, how he moves, how he does this, but your jujitsu was so good. I was like, well, I can't do that, but you know, I can try to do this. And, uh, you know, you really had a lot of momentum, but now didn't you have an eye injury? Um, yeah, I hurt my eye back in 2007. They touched my retina and was a big process to heal, but thank God that heal. And then you know, today I have to wear glasses a little bit, but it's not a big deal, but definitely took me a little while until the retina be back in place. And then I feel safe again. After that, I did a couple of the fights, you know what I mean? Won, lost, but definitely felt like uh, it's time to start moving for a different direction. And then I'm already living here with my kids growing, you know what I mean? So no chance to, to get hurt again or get in a big trouble again. So it took me like a few months to be back on the mat. So, and then after, after I did a couple of the fights, I said, you know what, let me slow down, putting the yeah. time in the gym. This was kind of 2008 where when I move and then I feel students coming in, start, start, people start joining, start feeling like, whoa, I'm very active now and privates and this and that and follow people for tournaments, seminars, and then some point fighting MMA where you do like a full-time job, where you have to train, where you have to do this, where you have to do that. In Brazil, I had a little bit easier life because, you know, my coach is to have a place where everything's in the same place. Back in West, I have to drive, I have to get a train, I have to wait a couple hours until this, I have to collect people to put it together for training. So it was a very different setup and definitely I think it made my life a little bit harder to continue to make. But I think my heart was back in jiu-jitsu at that point because I think it was the time to focus in my gym. Yeah, and you know, and there's a there's a time stamp on MMA and some of the combat sports where like, you know, you have shelf life. You know, there's a there's a period of time where you can do it and then you have to make those decisions of is is your body going to hold up or you know or the risk of injury because i mean you know you're teetering on permanent blindness out of one eye like that's a pretty high price to pay to go fight in a cage you know and it's yeah, like yeah. uh and there's times where yeah, you gotta suck I, it up I really, and do those I, really choose, I really choose having my both eyes you know heal and good and then at some point be able to teach and do some Jiu-Jitsu competition where I know I'm not going to get a punch in the eye or poke in the eye and yeah. then be able to teach, build, you know, a, a legacy here of students and black belts. And definitely, I think it was, a, was the, the, the right call back then, you know. Which well, you definitely have done that, man. You have a great organization. It's growing. I mean, you are one of the pioneers in, in the sport that came up and you just have an amazing story. You know, I wish we had more time to talk about it because, uh, you know, there's so many other stories I've got that, I know what you've accomplished and done. I just hope people do their research and try to come see you and snoop around because, you know, you always have had this reputation for being one of the hardest working athletes in the business. Thank you. You've always Thank demonstrated you. that not only as an athlete. Yeah, I, 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 believe, I believe like, uh, you know, having the technique was great, but, you know, be able to trust on your physical conditioning, you know what I mean, in a, such a high level, I think that's kind of for me was the, 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 the difference, you know what I mean? So I never felt like, okay, I'm, I'm running low. I'm not ready for that. So pretty much the competitions are able to compete, you know, Abu Dhabi's, Pro-Ams, MMA events. I always felt like, uh, you know, I did it my best. And then that way it's easy to feel less nervous. You feel less anxiety. And then because you know you're going to be able to deliver. When you're not ready, delivery become almost impossible. Absolutely. Well, man, I appreciate everything. Hope you guys stay safe. Thank you so we'll much. Stay in too, touch. Man. So, All right. thank you. All right. Good talk to you. All right. See ya. See ya. Bye bye.